97.1 FM Talk Podcast. All right, good morning to you. You're listening to the Mark Cox Morning Show. We're happy you're with us here in the 6 o'clock hour on this 29th day of January. I have to tell you, I was I was a little over-exuberant this morning. Can I just tell you? I've had it in my mind for three days at least since the end of last week that it was going to be warm this week. So I actually went outside underdressed this morning to the car thinking it's warm already. Um, that's not the case. It's still in the 20s. It may have just broken 30, but it was in the 20s when I left the house. So maybe a little bit of frost, believe it or not. Uh, it's going to be warm this afternoon. It's supposed to be in the 50s, according to Dave Murray, but it's not warm yet. Did I see 60s later this week? I don't I don't know if I saw the 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 that that number or not, but regardless. Oh, I, I guess I was just too optimistic. No, it's good. It looks like Thursday, though, we'll get close to 60. It'll be upper 50s. That'll feel nice. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fantastic. What what a uh, this is just what we needed. This will lift people's moods. Have you have you had that seasonal affective disorder feeling recently that you, mean, you just want to see some sunshine? Yeah, because we've had like how many days of consecutive <laughs> rain and just dreary. It's kind of the weather you look outside you're like, "Ugh." Not again. Yeah. My wife even said the other day, "I just want to see the sun." I thought we were today. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's clear out there this morning. I saw stars on the way in, so you ought to see some some sunshine, and uh, that ought to cheer us up a little bit heading into this week because we got border bills to deal with and uh, all kinds of messes out there. Uh, we'll get to all that for you coming up. Hans von Spakovsky is going to join us in a few minutes to talk about what's going on on the southern border in Texas and the standoff of the Biden administration. It's all straight ahead, but first, here's our shortlist. The Mark Cox Shortlist. Folks, um, uh, I, uh, if I were smart, I'd say thank you and leave. <laughs> I, I would be perfectly fine with that if he said thank you and left, but then we'd be stuck with Kamala. What are we going to do then? And, you know, I hate to tell you this about NATO. If we ever needed their help, let's say we were attacked, I don't believe they'd be there. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, Donald Trump taking taking some heat for saying that. Uh, I've got some friends texting me this morning about it, uh, but he has a few concerns over NATO's commitment to to our safety. It would be so much easier for me to go back to being a nurse every single day, working as a nurse, which I love. But that's not where my calling is right now. Woo! How about that? Uh, Corey Bush, she's running again. Right now, her calling is to make $180,000 a year as a congresswoman in the 1st Congressional District, which is more than she would make as a nurse. Let's put it that way. Don't you need to win your home state to show that you can win a state, win your home state, and really put some delegates on the map for yourself? Oh, that's a good question for uh, for Nikki Haley, don't you think? Uh, Even over on Meet the Depressed, they were kind of pushing Haley on that this week. You see that? I did not see that. So what was she, uh, her response? She went on with a Kristen Welker there on Meet the Depressed. And she's like tell, saying all the reasons why she would be a better person to run for president than Donald Trump and blah, de, blah, de, blah, de, blah. And finally, Kristen Welker said, yeah, but but governor, you're not answering the question. Don't you need to at least win in your home state if you think you can win the nomination or you think you deserve the nomination, Nikki finally got around to answering the question. And guess what? The answer is no, she doesn't. 
Well, we've got 17 delegates. He's got 32. I'd say that's pretty good to start. What I do think I need to do is I need to show that I'm building momentum. I need to show that I'm stronger in South Carolina than New Hampshire. Does that have to be a win? I don't think that necessarily has to be a win, but it certainly has to be better than what I did in New Hampshire, and it certainly has to be close. Wow. So she is basically saying even if she loses South Carolina, as long as it's a little bit better than what we saw play out in New Hampshire, she's going to stay in the race? Yeah, it sounds like it. I heard somebody say she's going to stay in through March. That would be Super Tuesday at least. Um, but as that gap continues to grow, she she can't make it up. She, she lost the vote in Nevada because she's not even competing there. She's going to lose the vote in South Carolina, which I believe is a take-all state. Not all of them are. Some of them split their delegates up, which is why she has 17 at this point. Uh, but in Nevada, she'll get all of them. South Carolina, she'll get uh, she won't get any if Trump wins. If he wins by one point, she won't get any. It's a it's a winner take all state. So so the writing is on the wall for Nikki Haley, Mm -hmm. Uh, but not in her mind. Uh, There are lots of people out there still defending her being in this race. Uh, they were all over the, 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 you know, the the talk shows this weekend talking about why it's important that she stay in the race. John Sununu's still out there. John, why do I keep saying that? <laughs> Chris Sununu. I keep I keep saying his dad's name instead of uh, instead of Chris Sununu's name. But talking about why he, she's, you know, she's a superior candidate and Trump's running scared because he knows that she's a better candidate. Really? How could you possibly say that Trump is running scared? Uh, I don't I don't know. Um, you know, they're bringing up all kinds of things. Uh, and it, it's just. You, I, I don't I mean, I understand why they're doing it. But there's no way that people rallying around Nikki Haley right now think she can win the presidency. She's mad at the RNC because. They basically acknowledge that this is not a um, th- this is not a competitive race. So I, I don't know. Um, th- this is this is uh, going to get worse before it gets better. There's no doubt about that. So that's kind of what she's doing this weekend. And Gavin Newsom, why is Gavin Newsom still hanging around? Why, why do why do people? I watched this interview that he did. Um, uh, this weekend on NBC was it NBC? He was on with uh, Jonathan Carl on ABC, and he did another interview with a uh, uh, a woman I didn't recognize, but they seem to be best buddies. Uh, listen to cut number. Listen to cut number one. I mean, here's a guy who lost the election, Trump, and tried to wreck the country. He's lighting democracy on fire. He's making democracy a partisan issue. Never imagined that in my lifetime. So the consequences are profound and pronounced, and that's why I'm down here, uh, because this race is started, and we need to lift up the issues, the successes, this extraordinary successes of the last three years, the Biden-Harris administration, and then we drive contrast. Yeah, it was it was one of the hosts from uh, MSNBC, right, that he was on with, Carl, Alex something. Alex, I, I can't. Not, think, I want to keep wanting to say Alex Winter, but that's the actor from Bill and Ted. Yeah, <laughs> and they were just—they're just best buds. Now, Governor, I know that you say this and you say that, but why are you still in this race? Um, why? Why are you? 
Are you trying to challenge Joe Biden? No, no, I love Joe Biden. I think he's great. Ah, blah, 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 blah. Why is he still doing interviews? Why is everybody so interested in what the governor of California thinks? Alex you, Wagner. Alex Wagner. Do you think name. he will end up running? Maybe not this time, but I don't know. Well, say I just four think years? Just, he's just like Nikki Haley. He's hoping something's going to happen to the other guy, and then he can swoop in and still be standing there and say, hey, here I am, ready to go. I would love to see a Trump v. Newsom debate, just like we saw DeSantis debate oh. Newsom. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, yeah that 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 would uh, that would be must see TV. There's no doubt about it, uh, for sure. All right, coming up, a quick break here because I've got Hans von Spakovsky on the other side of the break, a senior legal fellow at Heritage. I want to get his take on what's going on on the southern border uh, with uh, the standoff between the Biden administration and Governor Greg Abbott. Back after this. And we believe constitutionally we are right. We have a right to defend our citizens. We have a right to defend this country. Okay. And we're just doing the job. This whole idea of Shelby Park, that they would come there, is just ludicrous. Yeah. Look, these young men and women who serve our National Guard and our DPS, these are the best of the best. Why would he want to send anyone down to confront them? Yeah. I'm glad they stepped down. Uh, but they need to do the job. And the only okay. reason he's paying attention now is because of the election in November. Yeah, That's the quick, only reason he's paying attention. Real quick on the... Hans von Spakovsky, you know, the former emperor of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Hans, uh, good morning to you, my friend. Welcome in on a Monday morning. Well, thanks for having me back. That was Dan Patrick, the lieutenant governor of the great state of Texas, saying... Uh, you better back off, uh, Joe Biden. I see you've got a piece in the Daily Signal on this as well. You don't think uh, Biden's got the legal authority to go down there and do anything, right? Well, he doesn't have the legal authority to take over the National Guard. Okay. Um, a Democratic congresswoman from Texas, Beto O'Rourke, you know, who tried to run for governor, <laughs> uh, they, they urged Biden to nationalize um, the Texas Guard. And take it over and make them stand down. And uh, good thing that uh, Beto O'Rourke isn't the governor of Texas because uh, he's urging President Biden to do something that he doesn't have the legal authority to do. There's only very limited circumstances under which a president um, can basically nationalize the guard, pull them up into active duty. And this situation doesn't fit that at all. I mean, even if he had legal authority, I just question what he would actually do, because you have all these governors from, uh, I think it was 25 states who were saying we're going to we're going to back Texas in this. I I just question, would Joe Biden actually do anything? Well, yeah, although you've got to you've got to think about the fact that uh, look, look at all of the money and energy the Biden administration is spending on uh, trying to make sure the border stays open. I mean, the lawsuit that um, uh, going on between Texas and the Biden administration, the one that the Supreme Court ruled on, Texas had video, video of Border Patrol agents being sent down to not only cut holes in the barbed wire fence so the illegal aliens could get through, but even doing things like um, uh, putting a rope ladder through the hole so the illegal aliens could climb up from the river and get through the fence into the United States. And once they were there, they just said, 
uh, here, you guys take off. There's a processing center about a mile down the road. We hope you'll stop. But they didn't send any Border Patrol agents or anybody with them. They, they went to all this trouble to make sure that these illegal aliens could get across the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a question. Somebody brought this up last week that Lyndon Johnson called up the National Guard. He he used federal authority during the Civil Rights March uh, back in the 60s. W- do, was that extraordinary? I mean, did, did he are you arguing he didn't have the authority to do that? No, there's a specific provision of what's called the Insurrection Act and That provision basically says that when uh, local authorities, state authorities are refusing to comply with the law and when um, individuals are not being given their rights like they should be under the Constitution and the courts, the court proceed, court process isn't working to stop that, then the president can do that. That fits all of those circumstances. As I explained in my article, none of those circumstances are present here. Um, the courts have not ordered Texas to stand down. The courts have not told Texas that anything it's doing is, is wrong. So there's no excuse for the Biden administration to call up uh, the National Guard. Yeah, where, where do you see this going um you know i heard uh, maria bartiromo ask dan patrick when she had him on there this weekend the lieutenant governor is you know is this heading to a civil war are you expecting violence might break out down there you know my argument is no because these the troop i mean the the, the even if the national guard got called up for some reason they're not going to fight against their fellow texans Oh, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that's part of the reason, as you know, uh, apparently the Biden administration has itself stood down and quit trying to confront uh, uh, the Texas Rangers and the National Guard down there, because I think they realize that if if Biden, for example, went outside of the law, which this administration has proven it's willing to do and tried to take control of the Texas National Guard, I, I think that the, they might potentially have a mutiny on their hands. And Texans saying we're not going to we're not going to go attack our fellow uh, our fellow Texans. Right. Well, I mean, I'm I'm glad to uh, to see that. Uh, just quickly, and I know I didn't prep you on this, but did you see Alina Haba's defense of Donald Trump after this ridiculous jury decision in in New York? Yeah, and I, I frankly, I think, I think she was right. Uh, this, this was a punitive. I, I mean, this woman who most Americans have never heard of. Her, her reputation is worth eighty something million dollars. Come on, come on. That, that's, that's, that's the jury punishing um, Donald Trump. I, I'm willing to bet you every single member of that jury was a Democrat. And they saw a way of going after the president. Because wasn't she seeking like 10 and then the jury came back and said, actually, we're going to award you, what was it, 83 million? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that tells you all you need to know about about this jury. Yeah. So what are his odds on appeal there? I got got a little less than a minute here, but he's going to appeal this. He is. And he's going to have to show um, errors made in the court, errors made by the judge. 
can he get that in the New York court system with the kind of, um, frankly, biased Democratic judges that make up the state system up there? I, I don't know. I have my doubts that he can get this overturned on appeal. Yeah, that's frightening, uh, but a uh, good point there. Hans, uh, have a great week, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Hans von Spakovsky. Uh, heritage.org at H. Von Spikowski, if you want to follow him on Twitter. And his article on the southern border there is up on dailysignal.com right now. You can go listen to his thoughts and read his thoughts on um, the, the Biden efforts against Texas. Hey, coming up, we got Nicole Murray with a check on business this morning. I'm going to play you a little more of that Alina Haba uh, uh, diatribe if you missed it after this verdict uh, against Donald Trump. It was epic. And you need to hear some of what some of the truths she laid down outside of that courtroom last week. We're going to be back in just a minute. Poor Taylor Swift. You see the video of her in the booth. They had the camera on her. You could see she was looking at a monitor. She could see herself. And she mouthed the words, go away, please. I don't blame her. (laughs) She could have mouthed a lot worse. She could have. I, I would agree with that. And then there's that shot of her going down on the field. I'm surprised she went on the field afterwards. But um, the, the, the amount of security though, yes. that she must have had around her had to be <laughs> astronomical. Plus her boyfriend, who's 6'8 and weighs 240 pounds. So that probably helped. Anyway, I thought that was funny. Let's, uh, let's get to Nicole, please. Nicole Murray, are you a Swifty? I am a Swifty. You're a Swifty, so you care more about... The fact that Taylor Swift was there or the football game itself? Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I haven't really been tuning into the NFL. I don't Me think. Me neither. You know, yeah. sitting sitting there watching her dance. <laughs> if it's a big enough moment, it'll be on Twitter later. I'm yeah, right. that's true. You can always catch it on Twitter. I yeah. will tell you, I was rooting for Rutgers yesterday. I thought they were going to knock Purdue off. That was close. Oh, man, I'm not going to lie to you. I was oh. napping. Oh, my gosh. All right. Packing. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I move. I'm sorry. That's right. I forgot about your big move. Um, the actual move hasn't happened yet. It's just been, you know, the beginning stages, <laughs> massive packing, and then a lot of naps in between. Uh, I get it. <laughs> Good for you. What else is going on? All right. So on Wall Street, futures are mixed. Friday, the Dow Industrials were up 60, the NASDAQ down 55, and the S&P 500 down 3. Oil prices have increased after missiles launched by Iran-backed militants killed U.S. troops in Jordan over the weekend. Global benchmark Brent surged nearly 0.6% to 84.03 per barrel. West Texas Intermediate rose just over 0.6 percent to 78.48. President Biden has vowed to respond to the attack as tensions in the Middle East escalate, risking oil prices surging even higher. Data released by the Bureau of Labor Statistics says car insurance rates have climbed 36% since January 2020. Prices have soared more than 20% within the past year alone. The average cost of car insurance in the U.S. stands at roughly $2,500 per year. The rate increases are tied directly to the surge in vehicle prices, resulting in customers seeking repairs for their current car rather than opting to buy a new one. The cost of vehicle repairs have also increased due to high costs for parts and pay increases for in-demand mechanics. 
Bolts needed to secure part of an Alaska Airlines jet that blew off mid-flight appear to have been missing when the plane left Boeing's factory. Sources say Boeing employees failed to put back the bolts when they reinstalled a 737 MAX 9 door plug after opening or removing it during production. Officials also pointed out to paperwork lapses at Boeing's factory related to the company's work on the door plug. The National Transportation Safety Board has been conducting an analysis of the plug door but hasn't released the results of the test. An update is expected this week. United Airlines has approached Airbus about buying more A321neo jets to fill a potential void left by the delayed Boeing 737 MAX 10 aircrafts, which still has not been given the green light by officials. United CEO Scott Kirby says the manufacturer expressed additional doubts over the plane certification since the mid-flight blowout on a 737 MAX 9 plane a few weeks ago. United has not canceled any of the MAX 10 jet its jets it ordered, but it has removed them from internal plans. Philips will not sell new sleep apnea devices in the U.S. as the company works to comply with a settlement with the FDA. The agreement followed the recall of millions of breathing devices and ventilators used to treat sleep apnea in 2021. There were concerns that foam used to reduce noise from the devices could degrade and become toxic, carrying potential cancer risks. The Dutch Health Pardon. The Dutch health technology company said it has reached a consent decree that lists the necessary improvements needed to be approved. Phillips said the agreement did not change its financial targets for 2025, which it set out last year. Big far- pharmaceutical companies such as Johnson & Johnson, Bristol-Myers Squibb, and Mer- Merck are at risk of losing nearly $180 billion between now and 2028 due to patent cliffs. Once the patent for a best-selling medication expires, competitors can legally sell more affordable copycats. Many patented drugs will also become eligible to the Biden administration's Medicare drug price negotiations. Some upcoming patent cliffs include Merck's Keytruda, Bristol-Myers Squibb's Updevo, and J&J's Stellara. And more on Big Pharma. CEOs of Merck and Johnson & Johnson have voluntarily agreed to testify at an upcoming Senate hearing regarding high drug prices in the U.S. The panel had planned to subpoena both leaders after declining earlier requests. The panel will ask both executives to explain why medication prices are substantially higher in the U.S. than in other countries. This comes at a time when lawmakers are working to make drugs more affordable. The hearing is set for February 8th. Carnival in New Orleans is underway, and king cakes with purple, gold, and green frosting with toy babies hidden inside are everywhere. And a thief just couldn't resist. A guy is caught on camera stealing seven king cakes during a break-in at a New Orleans bakery. The robber also snagged cash and a case of vodka from a different bakery earlier in the week. Um, why would you steal a king? I've had them before, but it's just not that good. You don't think they're that? Oh, I think I'm, they're I'm delicious. Not, yeah, I don't know. Does that have a lot I, of powdered sugar on it? No. A lot of sugar. I, <laughs> For I sure. feel like you have not had a good, high-quality king cake if you don't think they're that good. Nicole's maybe, like, maybe I would not. steal for that. Yeah, I'm, yeah. That's what I think she's suggesting, and she's going to go down there and break in and take one. I don't know. I mean, if you can't afford to host the party, <laughs> don't host the party. Thank but you. yes, yeah. I am an advocate for king cakes. I strongly <laughs> recommend you try. All right. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks so much. Yep. We'll talk to you Wednesday. Appreciate that. Good to get you on here. No, no, thank you. I, I'm just not. I Somebody sent one here one time a couple years ago, and we, we sampled it. I just didn't think it was all that. I've seen it. One bad. I guess I haven't tried it myself because I apparently thought it had a bunch of powdered sugar on it. Mm. I'd rather have a whole box of donuts from Donut Delight than one of those. I just have to tell you. 
Okay, I'm looking at pictures of it. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Multicolored for Mardi Gras kind of thing, I guess. So I have, I have a question. Uh, we're going to get to the, to the uh, sound on this a little later. Do you know Do you know the definition of normal? The opposite of Kamala Harris? <laughs> That's good. That's a good stab at it. What, what is the definition of normal, right? Being the kind or expected as usual, ordinary, or average. <clears throat> now, here's a word I'd never heard before. Heteronormativity. Oh, Lord. Do, do you know what heteronormativity is? No, please enlighten me, Mark Cox. Please let me tell you. Heteronormativity is the assumption that being heterosexual is normal. But um, we, we need a we need one of those. Carl, there. he's waiting. I, I'm just saying. Thank you. Thank you. Heteronormativity is the assumption that the default or correct sexual orientation is heterosexual. So if you're, what is it, heteronormativity or something like that? That, I assume, then, would be bigoted if you believe that, right? If you believe, yeah. That being heterosexual is normal, then clearly the world would label you as a bigot and discriminatory and all the negative words they can think of. Clearly, if heterosexuality was not the norm, the world would end because nobody would procreate. Uh, yeah. Did they forget how God created humans? Have you ever gone to an outlet? We've talked about this. If you try to put a plug in, you need the male and the female part. You can't have a plug that's identifying as a female well, just, part. Work with another female part. Just so you know, actress Anne Hathaway is out to destroy you if you don't believe in heteronormativity. Just, just... Just so you know, uh, she said this this weekend. She is going to destroy you while speaking to some LGBTQA XYZ crowd in L.A. It is important to acknowledge that with the exception of being a cisgender male, everything about how I was born has put me at the current center of a damaging and widely accepted myth. That myth is that gayness orbits around straightness, transgender orbits around cisgender, and that all races orbit around whiteness. I appreciate this community so much because it's where I learned to reject this myth. I appreciate this community because together we are not just going to question this myth, we are going to destroy it. So, just so you know, Anne Hathaway is coming for you. Uh, I like Anne Hathaway. Why now, did she have to go down that path? Just don't go to a single other thing she ever does because <sighs> she thinks you are AB normal. That's what uh, that's what she believes. <clears throat> All right, coming up, we're going to get to another news with Ethan uh, next hour. State Senator Nick Schroer is going to join us to talk a little bit more about what's going on with the Freedom Caucus. Find out whether they still have their couches and chairs down in their offices in Jeff City or whether or not Caleb Rowden's taken those away yet. We'll be back in just a minute. What's happening? So you, know the, you know the thing. What the hell is going on? In other news. Rick Springfield and Richard Marks are currently co-headlining an acoustic tour across the U.S., but recently Marks, he berated a noisy concert heckler on stage, and in response, Springfield sent a strong message of support. 
Now this happened at Port Chester, New York, and Marx was playing a song and this lady started yelling stuff like concert goers do sometimes. But Marx finished the song professionally and then took a moment to call out the rude concert goer and he didn't really hold back. He said, quote, I am generally curious who raised you to think anything you could yell out was more important than what we are doing? He wondered aloud. Learn some F-bomb manners, lady. And then Springfield attempted to defuse the situation a little bit by sharing this funny antidote. But he ended up following up going, I'm coming to your work and I'm going to pee on your desk. Well, that took a turn fast. <laughs> I know. I'm like, do not mess with Rick I, Springfield and Richard Marks. No use for Richard Marks. <laughs> hey, Richard Marks once said, correct me if I'm wrong here, he'd rather have Jeffrey Dahmer as president than Donald Trump. Oh, my. So could you imagine spending any money on a on a Karl Marx concert? I mean, Richard <laughs> Marx concert? No, thank you. By the way, have you watched Dahmer, that show? Yes, I have. You have? Yes. Okay, well, if Start anybody hasn't take Joe Biden's advice... Don't. <laughs> it's disturbing. It's disturbing. It is disturbing, but his, but accurate for the most part. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Justin Timberlake mm. has announced he's going to go on a world tour. He announced this on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Um, if you're looking to partake in this concert, you're going to have to do a little traveling because it doesn't appear he's coming anywhere near the Midwest. He is starting in Vancouver, Canada, hitting Seattle, Phoenix, Fort Worth, Texas, uh, Riley, North Carolina, and Miami. So... If you want to go see JT, get some money because you got to travel. Don't love us here. Heartbroken. Mm, I know. It looks like um, gracing the cover of Art Magazine this February and March is the one and only Robert De Niro, who is 80 years old, and he is talking about how it is to become a dad. He has a nine-month-old daughter named Gia. No. Just no. What? So the fact that they have to double up on the number of pampers they buy each month, I guess, doesn't matter. <laughs> they can both be. He in can di- afford it. I was going to say, does his wife have to change both of their diapers? <laughs> oh, it's a girlfriend. He can, he can afford oh, it. Sorry, girlfriend. No, they're not right. married. No, no, yeah, he's still. Of course, they're not. Still fathering children at the age of eighty. Is so, that, is it selfish? I think it's selfish. Yes, that like, is. is. I mean, I, I, selfish. I wholeheartedly support people having a lot of kids. But if you're eighty years right. old, your child to be twenty, and you'd be a hundred if you even made if it. If he to that makes, point. he's not going to make it. If you make it to right? that point, yeah. he, th- he could die in ten years when the child's ten. He could die in, in his it's sleep awful. tonight. You kidding me? <laughs> True. He has exceeded the average lifespan for a male. That's 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 incredibly selfish. Um, it looks like a snowboarder enjoying some time at a California ski resort. It was the Heavenly Mountain Resort in Lake Tahoe. Uh, she was skiing or snowboarding with some friends and decided she was tired. Talked to one of the workers. They got her a gondola because she wasn't going to snowboard down the mountain. Two minutes into the ride, she got stuck and she was there for 15 hours overnight. <laughs> well, she I don't, chickened out. That serves her right. She should have just ridden the snowboard down the mountain. I just don't know how this happens, though, because her friends reported her missing. Wouldn't they? You would think they would turn the gondolas back on or look for her. Yeah, we'll find her in the morning. She didn't have a cell phone? She did not have her cell phone on her. Okay, that's dumb. Yeah. I've never gone snowboarding. But I, I do fear that if I were on the lift that I would freak out trying to get off. <laughs> A lot of people do. Yeah. It's sometimes just funny it just around. to sit there and watch people come off the ski lift. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like watching people back boats down into the <clears throat> ramp. Or parallel park. Yeah, same thing. A uh, sport that once was strictly played by retirement communities around the country is now an official competitive high school sport. Uh. It looks like pickleball has been added to the student athletic programs at several high schools with an average growth rate of 158.6% over the last three years. 
Pickleball is the fastest growing sport in America. I'm sorry. Don't get, 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 get give me a break. Really? Play I, tennis. Why is that so bad? Play tennis. I say Pickleball is for old people who can't play tennis. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Carl, you feel I the played same way? It. Pickleball is dumb. <laughs> it's not dumb. I disagree. It's, I it's think a, let it be a sport. It's a fun sport, but you can play it without having to race all around a court like you do if you're playing tennis. It's just, it's smaller. For the people who are heavier, Mark, who can't run around and play tennis, this no, allows them to play No, I'm fine with pickleball, but... That's why I'm good at pickleball. High school I'm probably fat shaming right now. I don't now. need pickleball in high school. Don't give at me, me. Give me a break. All right, coming up, we'll talk to uh, Senator Nick Schroer about what's going on down in Jeff City with the Freedom Caucus. We'll be right back. Get more at 971talk.com.